Hello and welcome to Revenue Marketing Television, the video channel dedicated to thought leadership from the world's top marketing executives. I'm your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. Today's guest is Alan Gannett, Founder and CEO of TrackMaven, the integrated marketing analytics platform. Alan has had a robust career, serving as co-founder and CEO of Splash Networks, CMO of Employee Insight, and general partner of Accelerprise. In his current role, Alan advocates for all customers and ensures the company builds products that people love and makes their day easier. In addition, he focuses on company culture, working to build a company of people who love their work and are passionate about marketing. Welcome to the show, Alan. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. No problem. So tell us a little bit more about TrackMaven and what was your inspiration for starting it? Totally. So I was CMO of a B2B software company. And what I found was that most of my campaigns didn't achieve their goals. And what I thought was most, more interesting was that it wasn't just me, right? So most of the people that I knew in the field had the same phenomenon, this sort of constant state of failure. And there's these crazy stats out there. You know, Nudehaus does this survey and found only 3% of demand gen campaigns actually reach their lead targets. Content Marketing Institute found that over 60% of content marketers do not think their content is effective. Like, there's all these amazing stats out there how as marketers as an industry, we generally exist in a state of failure. And so I got really fascinated when I was a marketer on why this was and how you could combat it. And how I really tied it all back to was that most marketing is still done in this gut-driven, sort of like artistic sort of like vein versus a data-driven science approach. And there's so many channels out there now, there's so much data out there now that really, if you were building marketing from the ground up today, it would be a science first and an art second, not an art first and science second. And so um, that really inspired me to start TrackMaven with the whole idea of being, can you make data for marketers that's accessible, that's actionable, and that's easy to use? Um, and that's what we try and deliver and try and do. So how does your platform work differently than uh, a BI stack, like let's say a Tableau or a Domo? Yeah, great question. So basically our whole idea is that we're bringing together all these disparate analytics needs that you have. Some people social analytics, content marketing analytics, news monitoring, web analytics, and we have two all in place. And um, rather than you having to wire up a Domo or a Tableau um, just to get your data in a dashboard, what we do is of course we have sort of reporting and all that sort of stuff. But we also have all the nuance and context because it's a marketing tool. It's not a business intelligence tool. It's a marketing tool. So we have things like you can go in and say, show me the best Instagram videos that mention a discount or a coupon over the last 90 days. And we have all that structure in our data because it's a marketing tool first. Um, so you're actually able to get all that level of detail and all that actionable data that in a traditional BI tool, you're really just staying in sort of high-level metrics land. So you're just saying, okay, here's my stats on Instagram, and here's how I'm doing, but I don't actually have a next step. I don't actually know why that's happening or how I can improve. Okay. So what's uh, one of your biggest challenges that you face as a CEO? So I think for us you know, as a high-growth company, I think it's always been... Uh, fundamentally, my big lesson has been that it's all about people. So the business is powered by people, right? People build the software, they sell the software, they market the software, they service the software, 
And so even when you see a technology company, fundamentally what you see is a people company. And so that has all sorts of interesting implications, right? Because that means then my job as CEO is make sure that we're hiring the best people, we're treating people really well, we're retaining great people, and we're developing great people. And that is just inherently a challenge just because there's so many variables, there's so many things going on. It's incredibly hard to hire people really well consistently. And so for me, that's always been sort of the big challenge and something that I think we've done a really great job at, but we'd spend a huge amount of time working on. So it's a very intentional thing that we've become good at, but it's taken lots and lots of work and lots of thought and lots of practice. What skills do you look for in today's employee? So I think there's a big one, a few big things. So self-awareness, I think, is the most important. It's probably the one that also we find most often we're not hiring some, someone is because they lack that. You know, There's a lot of people right now who I think don't have a well-defined purpose and don't know exactly what they want out of life. And so I think you see that a lot these days of people sort of like working jobs to work jobs or they want to get promoted because they want to get promoted. Like there's not a sense of purpose. And so we really look for a sense of purpose, a sense of self-awareness, a sense of self-development, a sort of an inward look versus an outward look. And I think that really carries people through because when people are looking inward for development, when they're looking inward for understanding their goals in life, that makes them much more likely to be proactive, to work with other people well, to be coachable, all those sort of things. So is there a certain type of structure that you're putting in place within sales and marketing to facilitate your growth? Yeah, so um, our sales and marketing is, so on the sales side, it's an inside sales model. And we have basically a mid-market team and an enterprise team. And we use a, we have um, account executives and then we have SDRs. And so there's, there's territories. Basically, the SDRs and the account executives are assigned to a territory. And they're working through that. And then on the marketing side, we basically use a bunch of different technology for pretty aggressive lead scoring. So we're using things like Infer and EverString um, married with a lot of the more traditional data sets to really tightly qualify leads and who we're actually marketing to. And then that whole sort of engine basically works in that the SDRs are doing outbound for um, some portion of their accounts, and then the marketing team is basically going out and marketing to this broader set of accounts that matches both our qualification criteria, but also matches a lot of this sort of new, more new age predictive lead scoring stuff. So we're pretty heavy users of some of this more modern technology. Okay. So what kind of processes have you needed to put in place to facilitate the growth and then serve both of those markets? Yeah, so I think for us, there's a couple things that are interesting. So one is we've really done a good job at implementing challenger sales. So our sales approach is very, very value-driven, teaching-driven, consultative. And those are all the buzzwords that everyone always uses to describe their sales process. But I think we do a uniquely good job on in that how we sell is we'll actually bring in people's real data on their performance. And we'll actually bring in data from like public data of their competitors to benchmark it. And we'll actually show them where they're strong and where they're weak. And so what's exciting about this from a sales perspective is we can actually go in and in the call, provide all this value, right? We can tell people, hey, here's three channels you need to improve your marketing in. And here's three ways you can actually improve it that are data-driven, that are backed. And so we're actually able to show sort of the full lifecycle value 
of an integrated marketing analytics platform in a one hour call. And so I think that's probably the biggest influence on our ability to market and sell easily in that our solution is inherently highly tailored to you because we're using your data, we're comparing it to public data from your competitors. So you have this very relevant experience through the marketing and sales process, which makes it, I think, just a, it feels much less interrupted. Like we're not just trying to get in your face and try and sell you on like a dream and a case study. Our whole value proposition is like, let's just show you actual data and see if you find it valuable. So do you sell only direct or are you also setting up channel organization as well? We, we only sell direct. And we typically don't work with agencies. Uh, we've just found that for us, our sort of sweet spot is working with brands that are looking to implement an analytics program into their own teams. So that has been our sort of our, our sweet spot. Okay. So what's your approach to content in going after these, these different markets? Yeah, great question. So basically, our content we view, there's a few different stages. So there's top of the funnel slash SEO content. So things that we want to generate large amount of uniques, we want to generate page rank, things that get people in the sort of tippy top of the funnel. So it's sort of a traditional model. And then we have, and that's you'll see things like we do, uh, we did things about the presidential race this year. We are doing sort of fun lists, that, that kind of content. Then we have a lot of conversion-oriented and mid-funnel stuff. So for that, we really focus our content on things that are most closely relevant to a customer. So we'll do industry white papers, industry webinars, things that are more tightly fitted to that individual customer experience. So just inherently with our business being a data business, the big lever that we use in our sales and marketing is relevance. And whenever we're marketing to someone, the more relevant we can get throughout that process, the better experience it's going to be for them and the more value we're going to deliver. So you basically just take that sort of up our funnel and in our, in our, if you look at our marketing, on the most tippy top of the funnel, we might be talking about social channels or a specific you know, SEM channel and how that channel works. And that's a very top of the funnel content. But then mid funnel and bottom of the funnel, we're now focusing on how that channel might apply to a specific industry. And so now someone coming to that is further along, we're creating more relevant content for them, we're having a deeper experience. So we really use relevance as a sort of primary lever that we use to sort of bring people through the funnel. So where are some of the places that you syndicate your content? Yeah, so on the syndication side, we're typically working with uh, marketing trade publications and marketing press. So we do a lot of guest columns, we do a lot of press placements, we do syndication. And so for us, it's really you know, one of the nice things, obviously, about marketing is that marketers are very focused on career development and very focused on improving their skills. So there's all these amazing sources out there from marketing profs to Content Marketing Institute to the vendor blogs that provide really great resources for marketers. And so those are the types of people we try and partner with. Okay. So who do you see as your competitors in the, in the marketplace? Yeah, so I think for us, the biggest competitor is Excel, right? So the biggest competitor is that Excel sheet that every marketer has seen. That's basically, like, here's our weekly or monthly analytics. Or these days, it's a Google sheet. That, for us, is the primary competitor. Because at the end of the day, doing that in Excel literally makes no sense, right? It's, the, it's not real time. It's manual effort. It's not actionable. But it's something that we see in almost every marketing team, right? And so our ultimate goal is taking all the Excel spreadsheets in a, in a marketing department and getting rid of them. 
that's the, that's the big goal. That would, that would be uh, probably a big party. <laughs> Everyone would be very happy. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the big trends you see happening in, in the market over the next year or two? Yeah. So I think a few things and, um, you know, um, MarTech has talked about this a little bit, but we're just seeing the innovation cycles in marketing getting shorter and shorter. So we're still, you know, marketing has always been this very trend-driven, wave-driven industry. So think about social marketing, content marketing, influencer marketing. You know, we've always had these sort of like these these hype cycle curves of technology adoption, and we're seeing those get shorter and faster and more. And so I think marketers over the next few years are going to continue to be stressed out, under-resourced, under-budgeted, pushed to their limits just because there's all these new channels, all this new technology, all these new techniques, and that's not slowing down. And it's not going to slow down. So I think there's going to be this sort of fundamental reckoning with marketing where at some point there's going to be too many channels. And how do marketers deal with that, right? Do we move to more automation? Do we move to using even more technology? Do we focus on saying we're going to do less channels, we do the channels we do better? So I think that is sort of this fundamental cosmic question that the next five years of marketing is all going to be about, is how does marketing exist in a world where it's not that there's 10 major channels like there was 20 years ago, now there's a thousand channels. How do we deal with that? Yeah, great. That's, uh, that's very insightful. I think it is starting to get pretty overwhelming. <laughs> totally. So... Um, what advice would you give to a modern executive that's starting to build their company? They're trying to grow it. Where should they start? Yeah. So, on if you're a marketing executive, I'd say less is better, right? So essentialism, right? That's I think the key thing. So my personal perspective is the way to deal with this is all this channel explosion is to really fundamentally invest in quality and not invest in quantity because if you look at any of the stats, the amount of content coming out is going up so much but the engagement and the results are going down. So I think that's sort of the fundamental thing. On more broadly, executives, people running companies, starting companies, leading teams, I think the basics are really what the entire thing is about. So it's the basics of hiring, coaching, personal development. I think if you focus on those things, everything else takes care of itself. And I think when you think about execution, fundamentally what execution means is having great people, having them operate, and be the best version of themselves. And so I think really a, a back to basics approach, in fact, in both marketing and more broadly leadership and management, I think that's really the key. That's great advice, Alan. Thank you so much. I uh, sure. really appreciate you being on the show today. And uh, thank you. Thank you.